for joining me today. I am joined by my friend Alex Curtis, owner and founder of The Lead Engine. And um, I'm really excited to share uh, a little bit of, of him with everyone because I learned a lot from Alex. Uh, he may not even realize how much I've learned from it him. Isn't. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, but I, I've learned a lot just um, because he has built up a really uh, great team and he's built up a very specialized business um, and in a way that a lot of people talk about doing, but not many people actually are very successful at executing it. So um, I've, I've just learned a lot in how he operates. So I'd love, uh, love to share that with you guys today. And thank you, Alex, for being here. That's all right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I've gone a bit red. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we've we've been together in a mastermind uh, that is, and I think it's technically called the International Master oh, yeah. Mastermind yeah. of Mystery. I don't even know what it's called, but it's got people <laughs> from the UK and the US in it. And um, so Alex and I have never even met in person. We've just no. Zoom. Um, and, but I've learned so much from the people in that group. Um, and, and a lot of it is not necessarily like tangible, you know, open up this program and do X, Y, Z. It's more in just the way that people are approaching their business and growing their teams. And I, I've learned a lot, especially from you in just hearing you talk about how you and your team operate. Um, and because you guys have built up a larger team um, and so it's not, you're not a one man show. You're not um, the one doing everything behind the scenes. And that's one that's hard for people. If they've started a business themselves, it's hard for them to let go and, and to bring other people into the team. But then it's also, it's a, it's a different skill set. It's a different mindset towards things. So um, not to mention the fact that I learned little bits here and there about how you guys are approaching marketing for your clients. Um, all of this to be said, I've been skirting around what you actually do. So why don't you give people a little bit of background about how you uh, support your clients and what you guys do um, over in, uh, in the lead engine? Yeah, so we work specifically with people in financial services in the UK. So and then within financial services, it's mainly like financial advice businesses. So we work with people that help people get a mortgage or help people with their pensions, investments, and wealth management. Um, so it is, we, we call them like, I guess you guys call them mortgage brokers as well, mortgage brokers, we financial advisors. Yep. So we work with them and it's normally um, a firm that have like a team with multiple advisors. So I will often work with someone that's sort of grown a business and they've, a lot, of, a lot of those businesses, they grow through referrals and then it's like the person that owns it gets really busy, but they want to do more and they've, do, they've grown it through word of mouth, but then they want to bring other people in and they're like, well, how do we get leads for those sort of people? How do we get inquiries for those? And that's where we normally get sort of invited to, um, to work with them. So yeah, we've, we've really kind of found that niche or niche, as you guys um, call it, um, but I used to do everything for everyone. I used to be the the one man show. I used to do everything. I used to work for another agency. I used to be a contractor. Like I used to, I used to find my clients from. <clears throat> in fact, my one of my directors, one of the other directors, Tom, who's like our head of performance, he hired me originally as a contractor because he was like advertising a job 
for like a marketing exec. So yeah. my strategy for getting clients before was like looking in the job center of people that were hiring marketing people. And I would ring them up and say, oh, you don't need like a full-time marketer. Just hire me for a day and I'll get more done in a day. And yeah. you've got more experience there. And then I got to a point where I was, I was billing like nine day rates a week. It was obviously <laughs> only seven, seven days. Right. Um, um, so I've done like a lot, like a lot of the wrong things. <laughs> so I've definitely, if, if you learn from like, your mistakes, <laughs> yes, yeah, you keep keep trying until you get it right. Yeah, I'm still funny. not got it right. Well, so 18, sure, none of us do. Later. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow, eighteen years. So, what was the inflection point where you knew, hey, I can't, this can't be just me. We need to change the way the structure is and and yeah. essentially become a bigger team because now you have you have a full full-fledged team that's helping you support all your clients yeah um well funny it was it was finding uh, a mentor to tell me I was doing it wrong I would like I think my my biggest problem is I think I know everything <laughs> like no. I'm really, I'm, yeah no I'm, I'm awful that like I'm really bad at taking advice and I certainly was mm. I thought I thought I sort of like no one could tell me what to do and I would never would have at that point I would never would have paid for a mentor or a coach because I thought I was better which was stupid because I wasn't yeah. but um, luckily in the um, the business center local to me they had this thing called an entrepreneur in residence so there was okay. this guy that you, you probably have a show on TV like it. We it was called Secret Millionaire in in the UK. So it's like okay. um so the show is that there's a millionaire who pretends to be um poor on like um that hasn't got a job and they're on benefits and things like that. So they pretend to be and they find people in their local communities that are doing like really good work for charities and things like that. And they get to know them and then at the end they do this reveal they're in their suit and they're like oh I'm not Joe Bloggs, the guy without a job. I'm actually a millionaire and I want to donate this money to you for the amazing work you're doing. Oh, cool. Um, so he did this, did the show and it was local to me and he was donating every Thursday to coach people. And I sort of forced my way in because you, you were meant to be, you were meant to have an office and the thing. And oh. I was like, I... I messaged him on LinkedIn, all whingy, saying like they won't let me in. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like billing nine day day rates a week. I'm like the superstar. What? And he was like, well, if if you're um if you can't get in, you'll have to hire me. And I'm like, um, eight hundred pounds uh, an hour. And I said, well, go okay then, I'll 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 pay you that. I sort of called his bluff. And then yeah. he said, oh, come and meet me next Thursday. I'll make sure they get you in. <laughs> uh, and then I met and sat with him every Thursday for a good year. And wow. then, yeah, so I learned a lot. I learned so much from him of things like, I never thought you could sack a client before I met him. And he, mm -hmm. I was, I'd, tell, I'd like whinge about a client. He was like, we'll get rid of them. I was like, you can't, you can't, what? You can't get rid of clients. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so things like that. So I learned so so much from him, and he's got a book called Failure Breeds Success. 
Okay. And um, yeah, so all the stuff you've probably learned from me, I, I've learned from, <laughs> from him. I'm just passing it down. Hey, um, isn't that how so, we yeah. all, all share things, right? Yeah. All, so the, usually learned it from someone else. Yeah. So it wasn't like I didn't, I think I was, I was definitely at a breaking point. I was definitely at a point where I just can't, and I was hoping that he was going to invest. I was like, well, if he invests like hundred grand, I'll be able to grow this amazing business. Um, but he taught me things like you don't want an investor because like it's, it's so many things Like he was like, if I invest in your business, even if it's 20%, I can put things in the contract that you, it's our business. It's no longer yours. You won't right. be able to hire anyone without speaking to me. You won't be able to make any decisions without speaking to me. This, this whole 50% ownership, you know, whether you own more than 50% or not, it's like, it's nonsense. I could write into the contract. If I invest X amount for 20% that you, all your decisions have to come through me and then it won't be your business anymore. So it was like things like that, that I didn't, I didn't know. So um, yeah. yeah, he taught me, he didn't, he taught me, loads of things about sort of business that um really helped me so it wasn't like a conscious decision and then it was like literally to, a month after i met him i, I hired my first two people yeah so his name is it's mike green by the way you can look him up <laughs> so his name is mike green and his book's called <laughs> it's a secret uh, who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the secret the secret millionaire so yeah mike green um and the book is failure breeds success um and i still chat to him you know now like um Will I met uh, I met him for coffee the the other day and I and it's um I um I messaged him just to have coffee with him when I didn't need me I thought I need to just buy him lunch when I don't need something right. so I felt so guilty for like always coming to him with a problem. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think I had all the marketing experience, but it was like the business stuff, yeah. and you sort of need them both, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially if you're growing and scaling. A lot of people go into yeah. business for their specific specialized skill and they don't yeah. really think about, I mean, I see the same thing. I started off with my business. I started helping a lot of private practice owners in medical. So dentists, optometrists, uh, orthodontists, chiropractors, and they went to school to be a dentist. They went to dental school. They didn't learn a single thing about yeah. marketing at dental school, but yet they come out and here they're owning their own dental practice where they're having to deal with marketing and all the other stuff too, HR and the finances and all of that stuff that they didn't go to school for. So um, they're looking to the marketing folks to really help them often on more than just marketing, <laughs> but they're actually asking for more business guidance, but I, it, it's amazing how much you learn and see from interacting with that kind of a thing. I see it all the time with myself. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't, well, I've had to learn yeah. all of that on the, on the job as you well. Did. So, and honestly, I didn't even think that I would start my own business. That was never on my radar. Was that on your radar when uh, you were emerging into the world? Yeah. So when I was like saying about how I thought I always knew better, everyone I worked for, I was always thinking, <laughs> oh, I could do this so much better. What, what's ridiculous? These guys are rubbish. How can they have a business? Yeah. Um, I was always frustrated working for other people. So, yeah, I was like, I just, but then I, I remember feeling frustrated because I just didn't know how to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was always, I don't think it was ever a single job where I was like, I'm, I'm happy working for someone else. Yeah. Interesting. Just, yeah. Did you ever um, picture that you would have 
like a team like you do? Or did you think you would just I, do the freelancing kind of contractor thing? It was always a dream, yeah. It was it was definitely always a dream. And, and it's funny, like before the pandemic, like having the dream was like having a big office with loads of people in mm. an office. And that was kind of like some sort of status symbol. And like looking back now, I'm thinking the, the office was so um not necessary and it was it was all for show mm. it was like we were like well let's get this really big office like we didn't need, we didn't need it was ridiculous like we got yeah. this big meeting room and no one ever came for a meeting because we did it all, <laughs> did it all on, like, <laughs> we had one we would have we would have genuinely there was only one client who i reckon might not have used us if we didn't have an office mm. it, so it was just nonsense well and now yeah but it was a dream it was a dream it was like it was so much like yeah I feel like an idiot like think (laughs) about it now hey lessons learned right (laughs) no no exactly yeah and then I think as well you don't you don't think oh how much how much like effort it is like managing people and Mm -hmm. getting the right people and and then sometimes you think oh how can I do this with less people um you sort of I think your sort of mind shifts a little bit you touched on earlier like people struggle letting other people do it I'm I wish I could hand everything off and let everyone else do it um so I'm not like yeah. protective over it it's just it annoys me when it's not done properly and then I'll go and do it and I think my I still have the problem where it's if it's quicker for me to do it than to teach someone I'll still do it yeah. So I definitely, definitely need to work on that. Now you guys have specialized, like you said, into the financial services. Was that always the goal? And uh, how did you decide where to, you know, niche your focus? And um, tell me a little bit about how you made those decisions. Yeah, well, it's funny you brought up the. Um... The, the dental practice stuff because I remember I was doing like websites for anyone and everyone and I remember missing out on a website for a dentist because they went with a specialist mm. and I was like looking at the, the these other websites I was like those are terrible they are like dreadful website but the guy shows them because they were a specialist he was like oh I think they'll just know how we operate they'll they'll understand it a little bit more and because you, you've not done like a dentist website before and I was like that's ridiculous why would you even but but it but you do understand you're going to get a terrible website like I was kind of like I just couldn't wrap my head around it right but people feel comfortable when you sort of know their business so a lot of the time I think we I think we think people want to buy the best products but they actually want to buy um I don't know the best way to put it it's like the easiest choice it's kind of mm. like the less risky the safest people are looking for the safest option when it comes yeah. to things like websites and stuff they don't know about so um that was like one big thing where I was kind of like you know am I am I missing a trick here yeah um and so and then the, I think the financial services thing I'd always done a lot in it one of the one of the agencies that I worked for well, we had a big financial services client and then and when I left that agency I, I picked up other clients in that industry um while I was still working with anyone and everyone so I still did a lot yeah. of it 
But the other thing I did a lot of was like sports products because I was into my sport, my rugby, my football. Yeah. Um, I picked up a guy, he was an ex-rugby player and he had these sports products. They're like big cryotherapy chambers and these things called recovery boots. So it was like oh professional athletes. My husband athletes. would love one of them. Oh, really? <laughs> so I've got some recovery boots in the office somewhere from, from those days. And then also wow. there was a company local that created uh, f- uh, portable floodlights for sports teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, for training, so you don't have to do your training on your match pitch. You could do it on the training pitch, but you've got these portable floodlights. So I did a lot in that. And it, okay. at one point it was a choice. Do I do the financial services thing or do I do the sports products thing? And um, I think it was... Um, I can't remember the, the the decision, but I remember it was it was kind of, it was just kind of like looking at things. But where I've got more experience, it's more the financial services thing felt like it was more scalable. Like mm-hmm. all, all that our client would have to do to hire a new advisor was buy them a laptop, and a lot of the time, people hire self employed advisors, so it's not horrendously expensive for them to scale. Right. So I thought, oh, we can help people more. It's more scalable market whereas like a manufacturing thing it's a big um and i think i found with the sport i don't really like e-commerce like i hate e-commerce like i like working when it's like you're kind of selling one big thing rather than Mm -hmm. lots of little things i think that's where i sort of enjoyed it more um and i think as well the, the clients in financial services there were just bigger budgets as well so it was more I find it's easier when there's more budget on the table. Um, and then, so yeah, it wasn't, I can't remember. And I think I trialed it. I think I trialed, oh, that's, you know, that's, you know, we we're, were doing like, doing like PPC, you know, some Google mm-hmm. ads and we, I trialed getting some financial service, more financial service clients with this kind of specific yeah. thing and that started to work. And then it just evolved into it and then at one point we said look we're only going to work with you know people in financial services and that's that's you know the stake in the sand sort of thing I I love like how you just shared your whole process of just (laughs) I mean it wasn't like you just like abruptly woke up one morning and said we're gonna go target selling only blah 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 like you had had some thought process but then you tested it and you know, obviously there were some direct decisions, but it wasn't this abrupt yeah. shift immediately. Yeah. And you had a process behind why you did what you did. I think you, if you're going to, yeah, I think if you're going to choose one yourself, I think it's got to be, you've got to have credibility within, you can't just, because you need to understand your clients. You need to, so I think any, any marketing, you just need to know the client better than anyone else you need to speak their language you need to like there's so many so here's like an example of one of our clients so some people some people do mortgages for people in the military right Mm -hmm. and I remember this guy um, uh, we split tested an ad and it was it was a Facebook ad and it was like one of them was like a stock image of people in the military and the other was like a really awful photo of the advisor in his military gear back in the day. Okay. So it was a, it was a rubbish looking aesthetically image. And yeah. he's got his medals and everything. But the one with him 
and he was like, I used to be in the military, I'm now a mortgage broker. He was like, performed ridiculously. The other one got loads of like rubbish comments. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that isn't, that isn't, a, that isn't a proper tank or whatever it was. It, it right. showed no credibility. It's still the same mortgage broker, it's still the same company, it's still the same logo, yeah. everything else. But it was like, one of the adverts showed that we didn't understand the end client, the end customer. Right. But the other one just absolutely language. showed you, I'm, I'm one of you. That's all, all it did. It was like, I get you. I'm going to look after you. And mm -hmm. it was like he got loads of business from it, just from a, it was effectively a selfie of him. But it, what it yeah. demonstrated that is that he, he knew them because he was one of them. Yeah. So it's like, it's a bit like the whole niche thing. It's like they're, they're comfortable that you specialise and you own, you've worked in that you only work with them. And then you've got the credibility and that you understand them. So it's like really, and it's just things like using the right language, uh, being able to talk to them in a way, because you can't fake pretending to niche. So it's like the more you, and then the more you learn about your your client, the the better your marketing becomes because you, because you just learn so, well, we still learn so much every day. So it was like 2004, I built my first website for a for a mortgage company, and we're not we're not nearly what so we're eighteen well I said like eighteen years. I wasn't yeah. joking, you know. It's like, but we st every day I probably still learn something new just by talking to them, just by hearing. Like that's one of the benefits of the podcast and like interviewing people within the industry. You still learn things about them. You still, yeah, you know, and that just builds up your knowledge so you become like the best and you can say oh, I talked earlier about having a bit of an ego <laughs> but I think now <laughs> I can say without ego right that no one else could match my specific knowledge of marketing with four financial advice companies in the UK yes it's very small um but we've positioned ourselves to be the best and we've got the credibility to do that yeah. and that's why we pick up clients a bit and that can be repeated for any I think that can be repeated for any business yeah um but a lot of people are the, the way our brains work is we worry about oh we're missing out oh if I say if I change my website to say I only will do I only work with dental companies I'm going to miss out on everything else but it's you're missing out by not doing it in my opinion but, yeah um, or do one like do like like a perfect example is Amazon. You know they do everything now, but they started off just selling books. They were the best right. online bookstore. They could never have launched as everything. Everything, yeah. And now but, they yeah. infiltrate every part of our. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they, now they now they do like drone delivery of. And now they are single single handedly responsible for me rarely stepping in front of into a store yeah. so um, but it started with what being the best at one thing right I think that's I think that is the biggest probably the biggest thing that everyone you do I mean I did it myself like you 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 worry about missing out but you're you're missing out by not focusing I think we, we go too wide sometimes for sure I, I mean I sense that even in my own life I feel like I'm going in too many directions sometimes and I really have to I think um there was something that uh, our friend Bob in our mastermind said and he says a few wise things from time to time and one of them was just 
you know, that some of the smartest people he knows are really good at saying no to things. They know what yeah. to say no to. So I think that's, that's one of the key pieces here is it, ultimately it's saying no to everything. So you can say yes to your specific yeah. focus. So I think it helps like, operationally as well, because when you've got one type of like we now like I think I've said to you guys before we sell a process we don't sell a service it's like mm -hmm. our clients don't come to us and say oh I want my website to look like this or that and we're like no you don't you want to do this you want to follow this process because we've been doing it for so long why would you want to hire us because of our experience and not use it yeah sort of thing so like and we've got clients that specialize in one type of thing like they will have like there's a guy who only does mortgage advice for subcontractors that are on this particular payment scheme, which is called like a CIS scheme. Okay. He only does, he's, so he's got CISmortgage.com.co.uk. Uh, so operationally it's helped him because there's only two lenders that will mm. lend, that will do, will, will do five times their net income rather than their, or five times their gross income rather than their net income. So operationally, rather than trying to find a, a mortgage with 120 lenders it's through two right so it makes his job quicker he's more efficient yeah and so it's like it's, it's made his business more efficient. so it's not like every time i, I think i'm saying he's like oh, oh how am i going to help this person because everyone's totally unique with these different problems he's like no it's like a, it's almost factory like yeah which may be boring for some people and they don't want to do that but then yeah. once you've nailed that one, you could then set up like teacher mortgages because there's a load of teachers think that they, they like, or like we have our health service called the NHS. There's a load of people search for NHS mortgages. So you could yeah. have another, you know, you, and do it that way. Um, so there are lots of benefits to it. You clearly know the ins and outs. <laughs> I should, well, yeah, we've been, I think it's, we're coming up to, I think, so it was 2017 that I met that, um, my, my mentor. And then it's, so it's been a good, mm -hmm. what, five years of really focusing. And I see why people don't do it. And I see it because we're just not, like I say, well, I think we're not, we, we worry so much about missing out. Yeah. That we don't do it because we, 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 we never come up against anyone. You know, when people like, just like an, a normal agency, Will often be pitched against three others or they're speaking to others a lot of time they just come to us yeah and they won't and it's and i suppose we position it as like why would you choose anyone else like there's no one that could offer uh, better and it's like i think any any business can do that if they if they decide to specialize in solving one problem right first and just be the best at solving that one problem, but obviously making sure there is enough people with that problem. If you, if you like, <laughs> just specialize in something that no one needs, yeah, any help with, and you've got a problem. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of muddling around, you know, to find it. But when you do, I suppose if you've got loads of clients and you're stressed because you've like got too much going, like think about, oh, here are my best clients. If I had, if I had fifty of client x right that would be my life would be amazing because i know i can help loads of client x's well thanks for sharing all that insight into how you narrowed your focus I, I it's really admirable when i talk to you and hear about how you are you know scaling and 
putting systems behind what you're doing. It's it's that's right. only possible. Yeah. For, for when you when you have that focus. So. Yeah, I think it's, it would be it would be it would. I don't think we could do it if we had different because it, it just this process might not work for. What well, wouldn't work for? We in fact we tried. We tried working one of our clients, their sister, their two sister companies, and they did slightly different things. It just didn't work out. Really? We weren't we weren't used to it. Like we were just it didn't it just didn't work out at all. Um it just didn't fit with them. And then so we would have had to we would have had to we would have been less experienced at helping them. We would have had to charge them more to do something more. You it just, uh, it just, yeah, just they were they were better off with someone else. Yeah. Um, until we're at a point where we kind of saturate the market, or like we've got enough people now that that just runs on its own, and then we'll look at something else. Or we could do, you know, like we could do the same thing in America or Australia or other kind of English speaking countries, and just understand the compliance side of it and roll it out. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I the compliance side, at least in the US, is definitely a, another another layer to it that I feel like yeah. certain industries like financial services tend to they shy away from doing anything because they're worried about the compliance. Yeah. So yeah, I think that probably created the opportunity for us because then I mean, a lot of people didn't do anything themselves and then they were just looking for someone that understood it. So that's probably another reason why we chose financial services because of those those barriers were there, and we can now we we deal with compliance for our clients. You know, we'll do, we'll take that admin side of, it. and they're honestly they're like, oh my god, really? I'd pay you five times right? just to just exactly. to do that, that bit on its own, one hundred percent. And compliance is easy as well because I bet I bet it's the same in America where it's like actually what because what we're doing is we're educating people, we're not selling to them right we're just showing them that we're nice people we want to help them and educate them and give them facts as long as the facts are true and they should be because our clients know what they're, they're doing then we're not trying to sell it's not like with us it's not like oh get the best mortgage rate the current best mortgage rate is 1.2 right. we don't that's like really salesy people don't buy into that it's like we're always well, educating such a high trust industry yeah yeah exactly that exactly. yeah people don't want to feel like they're being scammed or sold to that's it they want to they want to feel like oh this guy or this person has you know is, is trustworthy they've provided me a little bit of information they've educated me i can yeah. work with them for my unique that's situation it. that's it i think i was saying to you guys the other week that we all we've done is is deconstructed why referrals are so good and referrals are really good because someone's told someone else, I'll work with these people, they're really good. Um, so we kind of replicate all those feelings. So like when you go to someone's website and you see they've got 100 five-star Google reviews or a thousand, or we've got some clients with like over two and a half thousand five-star reviews, you replicate that feeling that that person has with a referral that they know that they've successfully helped someone else before. When in fact, you go, you see two and a half thousand five star reviews, like they've successfully helped two and a half thousand people like me before. Mm -hmm. So you've done that. And then it's kind of like with the referral, you they'll often say, well, you know, work with Valerie. She's a really nice person. She, you know, we, we have a laugh together. It's actually really enjoyable working with her because she's so nice. 
And then you can replicate that by doing content like video or podcast and just being yourself and being a nice person that you are. And if someone watches that, then you're again replicating that feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when you, as well, with the referrals there, because the thing is with financial services, we've got, there's a bad rep that people think that you're just going to be sold insurance. And then when you do create your content in a way that you're educating people, you're demonstrating them that you're not a salesy person. You're just there to guide them and help them because you're literally doing it on video or on a podcast. Um, and then you display your specific expertise because everyone's got specific problems. So you take like a specific topic like self-employed mortgages or contractor mortgages or NHS mortgages or whatever it is. And you talk about that and you demonstrate your specific expertise on it. So you end up with a page on a specific problem with a video or a, a podcast embedded on it where people can yep. get to know you, see that you've helped lots of people before, and then you've demonstrated that you've, you know, it's really, it's really simple <laughs> when you think about <laughs> it. Um, but again, we don't, we don't do it, like, because yeah. I suppose it's quite a bit of effort um, and people just do the top level. They try and, they try and sell to everyone on their yeah. homepage rather than thinking about so you can you can help lots you know if, if you don't want to niche down into one thing make it look like you have if someone goes on that page then it's it's kind of like just remembering so everyone has got a specific problem not like they're not trying to solve all like every right. problem that you do to your point there's just there's so many specific questions i mean i can't tell you how many times just this week alone that i've picked up my my cell phone and I have typed in a specific question in Google people are asking specific questions all the time so you answer that specific question it's going to pop up and it's going to it's going to build that instant credibility with people so yeah I mean um all week I've been I've been researching septic systems I know a real sexy topic and I've been (laughs) googling questions about it left and right because we have to replace ours at our house Uh, and it's you know we're having to talk to different uh surveyors and different inspectors and there's engineered systems and there's prefabricated systems and you you have to be your own advocate to figure these things out so a lot of people Mm. are out searching for questions and just because i searched for a question about how this certain process works in a septic system that doesn't mean that I'm going to go install my own septic system yeah. and not hire an expert. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people hesitate. They're like, am I going to give away too much information? Are they going to not want to hire me because I'm telling them what to do? And it's actually the reverse. Most yeah. people are realizing, oh, yeah, I, this is, I can understand a, a fraction of what they just shared enough to know that this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah. So I'm going to hire them. Uh, it becomes Absolutely. a really, really easy process when you provide those answers for people. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the only way you can demonstrate your expertise is by telling people how it's done. So if you, if you think, like, for example, one of those ones was like a prefabricated yeah. septic system. So like you're, you'll be, if you, if you do your research and you find out, well, that's where I'm going to go, you'll probably feel more comfortable with a company that only do prefabricated ones. And that they've got like loads of five-star reviews of people that have bought that already, whether they've installed it themselves or not. 
right. and that you probably feel more comfortable by seeing the like the salesperson or the people you're you know the salesperson isn't salesy because like no one wants to be sold to if, right. if they've got loads of educational videos on their prefabricated septic system you're just going to feel more comfortable picking up the phone having a conversation with them over the the company that sell that on they've got one page with all the septic systems on and it's like buy now for only 499 or whatever it is and sadly that's it. it's way more expensive yeah yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> yeah we've got because we live in the country as well we've got a we've got a system for it's, our uh, courtyard um, it's gonna be painful i'll just say that but yeah but yeah, yeah no it's true i mean if you can already take someone down that path and show that you know your stuff by the time someone's ready to pick up the phone to talk to you you don't have to prove anything to them no. they're usually ready to keep moving in the process yeah. if you've exhibited to them that you understand and you know your industry yeah. so that's great that you're helping people do that so uh alex if people want to dive into more of what you guys are doing in the financial services industry or just hear the way your brain thinks because you've obviously shared some really great insights here today um where can people get more from you um so our, our website is theleadengine.co.uk but we've got a podcast called advisors assemble if anyone is look right i presume it'd be quite rare or be a bit random maybe there may be one mortgage advisor or something that's you like know. you never know you never know um but yeah <laughs> check it. so we've got a podcast called advisors assemble which if you are a superhero fan yes it is a reference to avengers assemble because we're that cool if you liked what you just heard please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes and while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one.